Hey, beautiful humans. Welcome to Sex, Love and Everything in Between. Mm, you're here with Jacob and my wife, Meg. And this is the place where we have all the very, very real, raw and extremely unfiltered conversations <laughs> about sex, love and everything in between. Oh, yeah. It's here you get a behind-the-scenes look into our relationship. And we will not be holding back, will we, my love? No, Mm-mm. we don't know how to do that. Not at all. So, beautiful ones, thank you for being here. Enjoy this episode. Welcome back, beautiful humans, to Sex, Love and Everything in Between. I am not joined by my husband today. No, in the chair right beside me is my beautiful friend, Lola Ritchie. Hello. Hi, Lola. Hi, Meg. Uh, You are officially our first guest here on Sex, Love and Everything in Between. It is such a fucking honor. Thank you for being here. This feels very fucking exciting. And I said to you before we started this, I'm like, I just want my vision for this episode is that... uh, People just get like, it's like we're having a normal conversation like we usually would about sex and self-pleasure and all the things. And we're good at those conversations. We are really good at these conversations and that people just literally get to be like a fly on the wall in in that conversation. So we are just going to go for it. And I would love to actually start off with how we first met. (laughs) Do you want to tell that or shall I? I would love to tell that. Yay. Okay. Oh, it it was a full moon in Aries, I'm pretty sure. (laughs) Okay, I'm glad you said you would talk about it because I would not have been that specific. I did not know what part of the moon cycle that we were in. I just remember a full moon and I was in a really funky place within myself, that's for sure. Uh, And yeah, where were we? We were in in Corumban. Mm Mm-hmm. We were both attending a super sexy self-pleasure circle. We were. I don't know about you, but I'd never been to a self-pleasure circle before, had you? No, never. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, the energy was palpable. (laughs) And we were literally, we didn't know each other. And we didn't even really meet on that night, but we were... We were were right right next to each other. other. Like, we were self-pleasuring 30 centimetres from each other. We were, which is pretty... Pretty crazy thing to do for most people. Yeah, a pretty glorious way to start off a friendship. <laughs> That's for sure. Yeah, that was such a, a juicy, juicy space. And I know I didn't really connect with or talk to anyone that night because mm. yeah, I was in a pretty interesting place. But I definitely do remember you right next to me. And then it was probably like, I don't know, maybe a month or two later mm-hmm. that I was in conversation with you because we were both inside of our Vita Sex, Love and Relationship coaching course, yes. Yes, yes, yes. doing our coaching practicums. Uh-huh. And, and <sighs> yeah, it was in, in conversation where we were organizing this practicum that, I mean, actually you, you pointed out, you were like, hey, I know you. And I was like, what do you mean you know me? How do you know me? And you're like, yeah, you were right next to me in that self-pleasure circle. And I was like, what? We self pleasure beside each other. Don't you remember? How could you forget me? <laughs> and then having more conversation about like where we lived, we realized we lived in the same suburb. Uh huh. Which was just wild considering mm-hmm. 
most women in that coaching program are all over the world and mm-hmm. have been in the States. And so that was like, yeah, really beautiful to connect in that way, in, in such a deep way, right from the get-go, like going deep into pleasure and embodiment and yeah. like inner child healing. And yeah, we did a couple of sessions together, didn't we? Like coaching and supporting yeah. each other. And, uh-huh. and then from there it was like, hey, like, I really fucking like you. Like, I think you're really cool. I want to get to know more of you. More of that, please. Yes. Yeah, I think uh, I, I think that's a very unique way a friendship started. It Self-pleasuring is. beside each other and then, yeah, coaching each other in a sex program. But, yeah, I think that was, like, such a beautiful um, – yeah, I remember feeling so connected to you and just, like – yeah, because we were on such a similar path and like learning and really deep diving into that. And you are such a fucking nerd. I think that's what a lot of people don't know about you is that you are Close such a nerd. a nerd. And I feel like I'm like that too. And like our, our, our yearning to understand things, which is like what I feel makes both of us really great at what we do is that we're both devoted to the embodiment of like the knowledge, but we are all, we also froth on the knowledge and understanding. And like, I think that's what makes us great teachers too. So yeah, I felt very resonant with you in that, in nerding out together. Yeah. We, we can really, uh, yeah, move along the range, like really yeah, nerd like out, embody like it. The, the nitty gritty of like the science and the psychology, but then also like the deep tantric philosophy and spirituality. Mm. Mm-hmm. I definitely feel very met by you in in that sense where I can have those really deep conversations with you about yes. the universe and, and life. And, yes. And I remember like the very first time you and I hung out one-on-one in person and we did the the breath work and the ice bath and the sauna chats. Yes. And the sauna chats have like become a thing for us. Yes. <laughs> it's been a while now. It has but, been. Um, yeah, I've always just really admired the level of like vulnerability that we've been able to bring to mm. each other. And I think, actually, yeah, I remember uh, an experience you and I had where you and I went on a journey together. We did, and, a little mushy journey. Yeah, and I remember you really cracking open and that being really beautiful mm. and you expressing to me how you'd never, you'd never been in a space like that with mm. like another female friend. Like you'd only mm. allowed yourself to go there with Jacob previously. Mm-hmm. And so I just remember feeling like, fuck, like this is such a, a special connection right from the get-go where we both feel so safe and seen Mm -hmm. and obviously both very passionate about what we do yeah Mm. oh I love you I love you Meg (laughs) (laughs) um I love I actually just want to like circle back to something we were talking about before we even pressed uh record um and we're talking about there's mirrors in this little podcast studio and (laughs) Lola was looking at herself and being like I love this mirror Classic Leo. And then you were sharing that you just bought a mirror and you're really excited for your partner to come home and to fuck in front of the mirror. And then I was sharing that this study, this podcast I listened to like four, it's probably like four or five years, maybe even longer now, um, four or five years ago. And it was this sex podcast and they were sharing this study or this, uh, the results of this survey they'd done where they'd uh, interviewed or surveyed like heterosexual couples or heterosexual people. And they asked like men, if you were fucking, like who would you be looking at in a mirror? And all majority of the men said the woman. And, <laughs> and then they asked women, like if the heterosexual women, if you're having sex with a man and there's a mirror there, who are you looking at? And majority of the women said themselves. And I was just sharing with you, like, and I didn't even realize this, but that listening to that podcast shifted so much for me 
Because before then, I didn't even realize that I was allowed to be turned on by myself or that I wasn't like utilizing that as a superpower in my sex life. Where that has become such a motherfucking superpower in my sex life, like really like giving myself permission to be turned on by me and 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 really i don't that's like a huge part of my sexual aliveness now like me seducing myself me me because i truly believe a woman is she holds the key to unlocking her own turn on so often we like think like oh that man he needs to touch me in the right way or like he needs to do that thing or say that thing or da 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 and yes that influences our turn on and our ability to open but we hold the motherfucking key. Oh, yes, we do. And and there's so much power in reclaiming the responsibility for your pleasure. Yes. And, you know, meeting yourself in that level of, you know, I, I see there's two parts here. Like there's a level of, uh, yes, you want your partner to be able to meet you in, mm. in your pleasure and giving what you need. And so you need to be able to advocate for your needs and to, to use your voice and speak up for what you want, but then also be able to fully surrender into whatever <coughs> sensations are moving through your body and to mm-hmm. feel that. And yeah, I feel like to, to take that responsibility for your pleasure is so fucking powerful because then you're not depending on someone else to give you something that you mm-hmm. crave. Mm, yeah and and I love what we were saying before about how the like we as the feminine mm. we are channels for for eros for goddess mm. for like that pure fucking life force energy mm-hmm. and like so of course it makes sense to be turned on by ourselves right because we are that most potent fucking channel yes so witness ourselves in front of the mirror mm. in our pleasure ah oh, that is like one of the most erotic things on this fucking planet is witnessing yes. a woman in her pleasure like i think across the board majority of the people in the world would agree with that mm-hmm. right? like mm-hmm. a woman in her pleasure is one of those beautiful things you could ever witness and i think and i really witness because you are such a a dancer like you know you're you're a pole dancer you like you are like such such an embodied woman and when we're in community together or when we're just like together you are a woman that loves to move her body and like be in that energy and I just see that as like a woman that's you know unleashing the goddess within her like unleashing that like sexual aliveness and I think that's a big difference between a woman that's like trying to perform her pleasure versus a woman that just knows she is the goddess embodied, the woman that is just like given herself permission to unleash that energy and is moving her body in a particular way because it feels fucking good. Like that is the most magnetic fucking woman, right? That is the most, you know, attractive woman, not the woman that's trying to perform and get it right. But the woman that's just like, Oh my God, this energy is moving through my body. And I'm just going to like allow myself to be witnessed in that. Like that's sexy as fuck. Such a different energy. And Mm -hmm. I don't know about you, but I definitely came from that place of being really stuck in performance Mm -hmm. in my sexuality and my Mm -hmm. pleasure. And sexuality for me was so much more about how can I please this man 
so that I can feel good about myself, so that I can feel worthy as an individual, mm-hmm. so that mm-hmm. I feel like I get the love and the reassurance that I crave that I wasn't giving myself. Mm-hmm. How can I move my body in this certain way in order to portray myself a certain way to make myself feel lovable, to feel attractive as a woman? Yeah. And then, yeah, going on that journey and, and shifting from that and being in this performance mode and, and seeking this validation and this attention mm-hmm. to actually being in this deeper embodiment where I couldn't give a fuck what <laughs> someone thinks about the way that I move or about validation from anyone else. It's, it's mm-hmm. purely for fucking me. And if you get the mm-hmm. privilege to witness me in that energy, <laughs> you're fucking lucky. <laughs> like You're welcome. Yes. I love that so much. And if we go back to what it, it's like, yes, like we as women are like the channel for goddess. So it's like, yeah, you're fucking welcome. Mm-hmm. Well, it's our gift to the world. Yes. Right? Like, I truly believe that how <coughs> our radiance and our pleasure and our feminine energy mm. is our one of our deepest gifts to the world. Mm. Truly, truly, truly. Mm-hmm. What is your, like, how did you move from that, like, that performance to what I would see as like embodied pleasure or like the, the being an embodied woman or an embodied in your eros. I feel the biggest piece there was learning to source the love within myself that I mm. was trying to seek outside of myself mm. and actually learning to open my heart and embrace all of these different parts of me that were craving the love, like my, my inner child or these parts of me that, held on to shame or that mm. felt really like like I didn't belong, parts of me that didn't feel safe inside of my body, uh, particularly like deep uh, wounds around the masculine. Mm. That's a big thing. Mm-hmm. And so when I, when I healed my relationship to the masculine and actually came home to a deeper love within myself, then the energy that I exuded naturally shifted. Yeah. And I definitely feel as though – yeah, my embodiment practices, my my dancing, my pleasure, definitely lots of time in front of the mirror <laughs> <laughs> where then it's like, okay, well, I'm not, I'm not here to perform for myself. I'm here yeah. to actually just be in my energy and be a witness to myself. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, I feel like they would be the biggest pieces in, in mm. making that shift and, and learning to be okay with, how do I put this? being okay with someone not liking me or mm. uh, not caring so much about what other people think, like mm. just being really unapologetic in, in who I am and how I express myself and not needing to get anything from other people in order to make myself yeah. feel good about myself. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh my God. There's so many like, so many little pathways I want to go down right now. So I'm going to like pause a few and like go on the one. Um, there's almost like a manipulative energy to, it's almost like the immature feminine oh, fuck yeah. that performs as a way to like, like she contorts herself into a certain flavor, or a certain shape as a way to man- manipulate and get love or get a certain level of validation. And I almost think that's part of every woman's journey, right? Trying on those different flavors and like experiencing that to be able to come to, you know, express more of the dark feminine. But also I I like to call that just like being an embodied woman or like the embodied feminine. It's like, or that, that maturing of the feminine energy where 
yeah, the, the mature feminine woman is not like, she doesn't have to manipulate at all. She knows she can. She knows she's got that ability. She's like very conscious of that part of her, but also she's like, I don't have to manipulate anyone. Like I am going to be in the fullness of my expression. Yeah. And like be a magnetic woman through being in my fullness. And I know what is for me will, will come to me. And so she knows she has that power, but she's done using it, especially using it unconsciously. Yeah, and I feel as though performance can have when when awareness and consciousness is brought to it can be this really beautiful sacred radiant art form. Yes, I love that. And and that's why I love like pole dancing so much. I love mm. to perform. I love to sit a man down on my couch and, <laughs> and perform for him, you know, and give him this embodied transition yes. of the feminine. Like I get off on that, mm. but. It's again, it's not coming from the place of, oh, I need you to make me feel good about myself. Like, oh my God, what does he think about me? Yeah. It's so much more about, oh, I feel so fucking good in my body. Let me just express this to you right now. Yum. Yes. (laughs) There is a shadow to everything, right? Yes. But I love that performance piece because I feel the same. Like with even last, I'm doing this like stripper school thing at the moment. And I was just, I had class last week and then I was like, I got everyone on my Instagram to like give me song requests and stuff that I should do. And I made this striptease playlist and I was just so fucking turned on. I just started dead. Like I got on my lingerie, I put the playlist on then Jacob came out and just spent like hours like stripping for him and like, you know, teasing him. And, and it was again, like that was such in that energy. I never that isn't for him. Yes, he's there. And it is, It there is a like, oh, this is a gift for you. But it's very much like you said, like, I am just letting, I'm just letting this energy move through me. It is here. It is alive. I'm just embodying this. And you get the pleasure of being the witness. Mm-hmm. And that is such, I think that's such a beautiful gift for ourselves as women, But then being able to offer that to our partners or our lovers is like next fucking level. Like now, and I'm sure the men you've sat down and danced for, like for me, whenever I do that with Jacob, he is just awestruck. And we're like nearly 10 years into our relationship and I've done that a lot for him. It's not as if it's the first time, but that like an embodied woman will always bring a man to his fucking knees. I truly believe that. I, I really, yes, I agree. And and I feel like there's a thing, like when, when a woman is truly embodied and she's, quote unquote, performing from that place of actually being really connected <coughs> to her body. Yes. It's, it's almost like that energy allows the masculine to actually fully receive you because mm. he can feel when you're trying to perform from a place of insecurity or, or needing his validation or reassurance. Yeah. Or, like when it, when it lacks that, that energy and that aliveness, like you can't fully feel you mm-hmm. and feel your heart and feel your womb and your pussy. It's like empty. Mm-hmm. And so there's so much magic in being able to like witness the way that a man can fully open and, and receive and, and witness your energy in that. Like it's, it's so delicious. I really noticed yes. it actually. This is something that I haven't spoken about. Ooh. Actually. <laughs> Bring it. So last year I ran a little experiment. Yes. Okay. I know where we're going with this. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> and so a good friend of mine, uh, I won't speak her name in case. Yeah. 
privacy. Yeah, perfect. Um, but a good friend of mine who is a tantrika, a very embodied woman, she was like, hey, I'm coming to the Gold Coast and I really want to just play and have this experience of being a stripper for the weekend. Yes. Do you want to do it with me? I'm like, sign me the fuck up. Yes, I want to do this. And so we did. And mm-hmm. I, I really noticed in that space, we spent like two nights at the strip club mm-hmm. and then escaped. <laughs> <laughs> Such an interesting energy there. Yeah. But what I really, really noticed was the way that the men were so almost shocked by my energy and, and they would really give me these compliments of like, whoa, like I've never witnessed a woman like you before. Like you don't belong in a place like this. Like what are you doing here? Like mm. you are so magnetic. Like what? Like uh, mm. where did you come from? Mm. And and to witness the way that they, like even in such a a dark underworldy place like that yeah how they could be so awakened they could feel energy. it yeah uh-huh they could, they could feel like, the difference even under uh-huh. the influence of drugs or alcohol like yeah. it like shifted something in their being mm. and especially in in contrast i'm definitely not going to say that like all of the women there were, were disembodied that's definitely not the case but you can definitely you could feel in a lot of the women in the place like that that they, they weren't healthy in mm. their bodies. They were mm. actually quite disconnected and they weren't there because it was giving them a sense of aliveness. They were there mm. because they just wanted the money, mm-hmm. which is, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. There's no shame mm. in that fucking love money. Yay. <laughs> totally. But yeah, there's such a, a different energy that, yeah, that men can really feel and that, you know, it's it's like this this giving and receiving Mm-hmm. Giving and receiving in mm-hmm. that dynamic when a woman is in her aliveness and a man's in the witness. Oh, and I think that, yeah, yum. I think that speaks so much to, like, it's one thing. Mm, what do I want to go with this? I call this like the deep feminine. Like, there's there's a lot of like surface level feminine, which is very much like, oh, I I wear this color, or I hold a rose, or I make this shape with my body, and that's not really the truth of the feminine, right? Mm. That can be a doorway. That was my doorway. It's like, I buy pink roses and I, yeah. (laughs) And then I like say these words and I listen to this song and I, you know, and then it was this really, yeah, this, this descent, Mm. you know, and that's real initiation. Totally. Which is like the whole, you know, focus and core of my work and a lot of what you do as well. It's like, it's, it's the descent down into, you know, our bodies, our pussies particularly. And it's, it's the integration of that dark feminine. And I think even like, that's the perfect example of like, yes, a woman is incredibly sexy if she's making certain shapes on a pole or shapes of her body, but it is an entirely different experience to receive a woman that's potentially making those same shapes, but she's also anchored in her pussy. She's, she's also like really deeply rooted in the fullness of her feminine. And that is, I feel like the difference between a, yeah, we could call the disembodied feminine or, or, or immature feminine to, to that like depth of, of the feminine, that real like Im- embodied energy. Mm-hmm. Mm. And yeah, I feel as though that journey, I, 
to me personally, a big piece as well in in coming into that embodiment was learning to find a sense of safety inside of my body. Mm. Yes, yes, yes. A lot of women, they they stay on that surface level because – like subconsciously they're actually af- afraid like there's there's, there's deeper layers of, of fear and mm. unsafety and and trauma that live in the body that mm. like block us from accessing that deeper embodiment and so there's so much beauty in in witnessing when when a woman can can find that safety like and I love this in the work that we do you know because yeah. I'm sure you see this all the time as well oh, yeah when when you can see a woman like melting and softening into her body in a way that she's never experienced before mm. and it, it like has this ripple effect into every crevice of your life mm-hmm. it? it's like it's not just you know your pleasure and your sex which is delicious of course we're all about that but it's also yeah the way that you're showing up with an open heart in your relationships the way that you are showing up for all of life and and meeting mm. life with your full fucking body mm. yeah Fuck yes. Yes, yes, yes. Being a full spectrum woman, baby. Yeah. And I think you were kind of speaking to this earlier when I said what was, I don't even remember the question, but you were talking about uh, when I was asking about like from performance to like that, that embodiment and, and how did you get there? And you were talking about, you know, the, the inner child healing and all of these pieces. And I think this is actually my favorite thing about the work we do and especially the modality in which we've learned like through the, the methodology of Vita and shout out to Layla Martin, our teacher. So glorious. Um, it's, and this is what I love when a woman comes to me and she's like, I want uh, deeper levels of orgasm or even if it's like relationships, I want, you know, be, to be met in partnership and yes, like amazing. Let's, let's like lead with that desire and yet, through that desire, the, a woman is going to be invited to meet the depth of her child and to to see and be with the shadow parts and to, to meet, you know, the, the unmet parts of her feminine or the parts of herself that she's been told are not welcome or are dirty or wrong or she should be ashamed of and... I love that, that it's never just about like, oh, here, are the th- here is how to touch the G spot. And here is like, for me, that's not how to have great sex. No. Like it's not, I grew up reading like Dolly magazine. And then in my t- like early twenties, like Cleo. And it's like, it's never about, and I'm sure you'd agree, like the position you could learn like a million positions or yes, I'm sh- yes. Like different techniques are amazing. But if you're never really meeting the parts of yourself that need to be met in order to liberate the body for deeper levels of pleasure and orgasm, there is always going to be, yeah, a, a certain kind of uh, roof on what, what you experience in that, in that realm. hundred percent. Because I mean, yeah, uh, there's so much focus on the, like the mechanics, yes. the arithmetics of sex nowadays. Yes. Like, how many orgasms did you have uh-huh. last night? Oh my God, can he make you squirt? Like, how hard is his cock? Or like, how tight is your pussy? Which, yeah. that could be a whole other conversation. <laughs> but there's like, there needs to be this deeper respect and reverence and, and focus on on the feeling and the beauty and the artistry and the, the sacredness and the healing mm. magic of sex. The artistry, the artistry of sex. Yes. I've never heard you say that. I've never heard anyone fucking say that before. 
feel like I've got a hair in my mouth right now. God, I've been coughing as well. Sorry, guys. I feel like I've had this cough for like two months and every, for our regular listeners, I'm sure you've heard my cough. You're probably like, what the fuck, Meg? Why have you not done anything about it? I am. I'm taking this herbal stuff. So it's going to go soon. Okay. There's the hair. Um, Okay. (laughs) Someone actually told me, this is a side note. Someone I was in... I actually was on someone else's podcast recently and they were telling me how much they love my podcast. And they were like, my favorite moment has actually been when you did a, when you had a whole coughing fit on the podcast the other day and you didn't edit it out and you just left it in raw, unfiltered. It's like, okay, I love, I love that. That was your favorite part. (laughs) Okay. Anyway, um, I want to circle back to the healing part you just said about sex. And I want to really talk about that in the realm of self-pleasure. Because I think that for me, you know, the sex coaching certification we did, I'd already had experiences of self-pleasure and sex being really healing, but that was like, took it to a whole fucking new level. And, you know, in my own practice and my own experience of self-pleasure, really learning to, and this is so much of what I teach now, it's like, why it's like take the fucking blinders or blinkers off. And I think we are, we live in a culture that's like sex is about orgasm or like masturbation, right? Masturbation is getting off. Like you touch yourself to get off and get, have a particular goal and moving away from that goal orientation in both self-pleasure and sex actually then makes so much fucking possible, like turns self-pleasure and the artistry of sex into like a a healing modality and a modality that can support us to be liberated humans. And I know I want to come into talking about sex magic and things like that, but yeah, this, there's like so much more becomes possible when we just stop looking at sex as this or self-pleasure as this thing to give us this like momentary sensation yeah, and, and when you can really let go of that goal or the expectation of what mm. sex should look like or feel like or sound like and actually just be really present mm. with, with your body and, and with your partner, your lover and the sensations moving through your body, that's where you open up to this deeper aliveness and sex becomes yeah. so much more dynamic and uh-huh. rich and raw and mm. primal. And that's where, yeah, you can really come into that that liberated healing force of pleasure. And I, it's, oh, it's fucking magical. It's mm-hmm. so fucking magical. And that's why you can go even in deeper into expanding into these more full body states of orgasm mm-hmm. because you're so much less focused on the energy that's building in your genitals and so much more focused on, oh, how can I just – open deeper and deeper into the moment and allow this pleasure to flow everywhere yes and then sex can even become a portal to higher mystical states of consciousness into Mm -hmm. the the divine yes live on the air (laughs) live transmission you're welcome And yeah, I think the only way that becomes, whether it's like sex or self-pleasure being a really, and I'm sure, and maybe you want to share some stories. Like I know you were sharing a story with me before we even pressed record around your self-pleasure experience last night, but yeah, it's like, it only is possible 
self-pleasure experiences, whether they're like transcendental ones where it's like, fuck, I've just met God or very healing, like self-pleasure sessions where it's like, wow, I just like, for me, I've had self-pleasure sessions where I'm deep in like feeling grief that doesn't even feel like mine or feeling grief of an experience that I didn't even realize I was still holding in my body or that wasn't fully processed. And I would never have been able to really meet or feel those things or have those experiences if I was still meeting my body or meeting my sexual experiences with my husband from this place of like, we're here to get off. We're here to create a sensation. Like, yeah, like opening, really opening it to those, yeah, to those expanded states. Yeah, I feel like we, you know, we've been given such a pornographic and, and Hollywood model of sexuality as well, where yeah. it's, all, it's all about the goal, it's all about the orgasm, or it's all about everybody being in pleasure all of the time, mm-hmm. and everyone's having a good time all the time, mm-hmm. and you definitely don't see people crying or feeling, and, and we live in a culture that is so disconnected from our emotions anyway, and yeah. so to be able to let go of those constructs, those mm. narratives around sex, those those ideas, those images, and actually open to, yeah, the feeling quality of sex and mm. open yourself to the emotional aspects of sex. I remember the very first time that I had a cervical orgasm. Mm. It was like maybe probably a good year into my like really intentional sexual healing journey actually. Yeah. And it was like, yeah, really deep in this really beautiful sex with my partner at the time. And it fucking cracked me open and Mm -hmm. I was crying for a good 15 minutes and I was feeling and experiencing so much sadness and so much grief. And that was the first time I'd ever cried during sex. And then Mm. after that experience, it was like, the floodgates are open (laughs) yeah and I started crying all the time during sex and now I still do cry all the time during sex because it's just like I love that it's one of my favorite experiences yeah Uh it's it's beautiful because it's also it like on a more neurological level Mm. it really shows like when you can get to that place of surrender mm-hmm. and, and letting go of that cortical control where you can access those more, more primal limbic parts of your brain. Yes, yes, where yes. Where you can actually allow those unfelt emotions that have been stuck underneath the surface to be felt and to mm-hmm. be liberated. Ugh. And I love, I want to bring that safety piece back in here because in, in solo experiences, like self-pleasure experiences, it is about us feeling safe within our own body and practicing that surrender in our own body. And then in partnered experience experiences, it is, it's like in order to like that, there is a huge safety piece there Mm. being feeling safe enough to land in our own body, but also land in the container of the sexual experiences with another or multiple people. And yeah, I I think safety is that discernment, that discernment, discernment, discernment of who we are choosing to share our body with is, is so important. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's really important, and and I think that we live in a world where so many people like lack a sensitivity to the energy that they're allowing into their body. Yes, and you know it makes sense because again, we do live in a world that's very disconnected from our bodies and mm-hmm. our energy to begin with, and so a lot of people don't even realize the impact of just like you know, 
allowing anyone into their body or you know having that mindlessness if you will mm. around who they're having sex with because there's it's just not that level of consciousness or awareness there yeah and so it's it's really beautiful and i love that you know we can have conversations like these where we can bring awareness to be like hey mm. like actually it is really fucking important that you have that discernment around who you're allowing into your body like does this person have the capacity to hold you mm-hmm. in a safe container for you to surrender and let go and obviously that's not to say that they have all of the responsibility for you to feel safe to surrender like you yeah. need to be able to access that within yourself first and foremost but it's so important that you are being mindful of yeah who you're relating with who mm-hmm. you're exchanging this delicious sacred energy with like mm-hmm. can, can they meet you can they hold you mm. in that energy and then when they do that's where you just blow like just this equality of the sex just totally fucking shifts yes one thing and if for those that listen a lot you're probably well maybe you're not sick of hearing me say this but i say this a lot a lot a lot because this truly changed my yeah this this changed the quality i love that you use that word this changed the quality of sex i was having for sure for sure is that like really being devoted. And you said before, use the word, um, be an advocate for yourself. And I really, for me, it's about connecting with pussy and being an advocate for her in the moment of sex. And for years and years and years, I was never an advocate for my pussy. It was just like, oh, this man wants to be inside me right now. Okay. I'm not going to tune into pussy and see if she's ready. I don't even know if I'm ready. That man just wants to be inside me. Okay. I'm a yes. And my sex life changed forever and and the experience of pleasure I was having and the experience of orgasm I was having changed forever when I was so devoted to not letting anything be inside of me, be inside of my pussy until she was a yes. Like really respecting her in that way. And that includes in my own self-pleasure practice, like noticing when I want to just get something inside me or want to like get off. But actually it's like, oh, she's not ready. Slow down, like attuned to the pace of pussy. And then also, and this can be such a, I think for so long, I thought this was such a micro thing. Like even in the early stages of my relationship with Jacob, if he was like, wanted to have sex and I was a bit of a no, but it was like, oh, whatever. Like, you know, just do it anyway. And I'm like, no fucking way. There is never a moment where I have sex now from a place of like, oh, just do it or get it over with. Yeah, or like seeing my pussy as just like this receptacle for his cock. It's like, oh, just use it. And then it's like, no, there is like such a deep honoring of her. And I think, you know, so much of the teachings that we've learned and now we, we teach is that like our pussy creates, you know, if we disrespect her like that and we're not listening, she will create a protective mechanism of numbness. And I truly believe this is why a lot of women, including, you know, big traumas and sexual traumas that have happened or inherited traumas, but also those micro like little T traumas of saying yes, when we really mean no in those kind of moments. And yeah, I feel like, and I don't know if, if you've had that experience as well, but that truly changed my experience of sex forever. Just like that simple. I'm, I'm, I'm deeply going to listen to pussy and I'm only going to be a yes when I'm an actual fucking yes. And, and if I'm a not, if I'm not a yes, oh, I've actually got to ask for more 
things. Oh, can you, can we go a little slower? I've actually got to advocate for her and ask for what I want, which again is like such a, was such a challenge for me. And I know is for a lot of women. It can be really, really vulnerable because a lot of women, we, we hold onto this like stuckness in our throat when it comes to voicing our desires or our needs or our boundaries to begin with. And Mm -hmm. then there's even a deeper layer of a vulnerability when it comes to being in intimate sexual space Mm -hmm. and yeah, we can have this, like we can, we can freeze. Yeah. We can, can kind of shut down. It can be like, fuck, like I need to say something here, but it's not quite coming out. I kind of have this lump in my throat and yeah, so that can be it can be really difficult and that's why it can be yeah, such a a journey but such a liberating journey to find your voice as a woman and yet yeah, to advocate for your needs and yeah. and not just to have that level of consent in like do I want sex yes or no but then yeah, being able to like how how can I express my needs and my desires and express how I'm feeling moment to moment throughout the entire experience and really be that deep advocate for this sacred portal within us yes i love that like um nuance of it's not like oh consenting to sex at the beginning it's like every moment Mm -hmm. and like every single moment we can you know we can oh and when i when i learned as a woman that it was okay to say no like you know halfway through or i could you know I, i don't have to sex doesn't have to end with me letting the man finish. And that, like, I think this, oh, fuck, I'm I'm, like fiery about this because I think that says so much about a woman, like the culture of woman and how we have been conditioned outside of the bedroom. I'm such a believer that like how we fuck is how we do life. Oh, yeah. And like how the patterns that show up in the bedroom are the patterns that show up outside of life. So, I like, I so resonate with I used to, especially in previous relationships, literally feel like I knew exactly what I wanted to say and exactly how I wanted to be touched, but the words were literally just stuck in my throat and I had no idea how to voice them. Like I would, I would go into this freeze response and yeah, I think so many women have these, where was I going with that? These patterns in the bedroom. What was I saying before that? You were talking about your experience of, of how you so I was getting real freeze, like you would you would feel something that you really wanted to say. Yeah, but it was before that. What was I saying? I was getting really far at all. The fire took away my train of it's thought. Okay to say no in the middle of sex. Yes, that shifted everything for me. And I think, yeah, like learning, like that when we shift patterns, when we learn to lean in and like have the courage to be like, oh, I'm a I'm a no. Like I I'm a no. I don't feel I want this to end right now. I'm, I'm, yeah, like I'm something different. I'm complete, or I need something different, or like for me, sometimes and still this happens. Sometimes we'll start having sex, and then I'll start crying about something that comes up, and our sex will just end with like cuddling and being like, "Oh, this isn't meant to happen tonight," or that was the sex. Like it wasn't that the sex failed; it was like that was sex that gets to be included in sex, like crying and cuddling and like. Jacob and I always talk about expanding the definition of sex mm-hmm. and like taking away like sex equals orgasm, but sex can sometimes be making out and touching and thinking you're going to, you know, have penetrative sex and then actually just like having a huge emotional process and crying in each other's arms. And that becomes so liberating. And I think as women that takes such the pressure off and again, sex then becomes, or oh, has the 
capacity to become this really like healing modality. But yeah, I think giving us when I really realized like, oh, I'm a like, it's safe and I'm going to actually practice speaking up in the moment if I'm a, if I'm suddenly a no, or if I'm suddenly feeling like sometimes I would feel, and this, this actually came up a lot when I was doing the sex coaching certification, doing really deep healing during sex, I would start to, to feel like these previous sexual traumas like arrive in my body whilst having sex. And there would be these feelings of disgust or repulsion. And it would be necessary to, to be like, Hey, I'm, I need to just be cuddled right now. Or can you hold me as I cry? Can you hold me as I shake? Can you witness me as I just like be with this? And again, this is so important as women to learn to like advocate for what's, what's happening in our body, not thinking that we've said yes to sex. And so therefore we just have to push down what's alive for us and, you know, continue. And I, something that I wish more women knew and understood is that even if a man doesn't have a level of like full level of awareness around this kind of conversation, mm. men still want to be able to love you and to pleasure you and to hold you in the way that you want to be loved and held and pleasured. Mm. And I've really noticed this a lot with my clients is that like, I've had women come to me that have been like, oh, I just don't believe that a man actually would want to give me pleasure, that he would actually like care about worshipping me, like mm. that sex is just about his pleasure. And it's like, actually, no. Like I've worked with so many men now, like doing so many uh, men's workshops and one-on-one coaching with men. Yeah. And one of the biggest things that they come to me for is actually wanting to learn how to become a better lover for their women and learning to yes. hold this beautiful safe space for a woman to open and surrender into her pleasure, into her emotions, into her healing, into her heart. Mm. And I really wish more women knew and understood that and that it's okay to express yourself and to advocate for your needs and to Mm. have this conversation even with your man and to be like, oh my goodness, like I just listened to this podcast and I had no idea that sex didn't have to be put into this very one-dimensional box Mm. (laughs) and that actually it can be so much more rich and dynamic and Mm -hmm. oh my god I actually want to learn how to open to to feel during sex to feel my emotions to allow it to be a healing modality as you put it yeah I have really similar experiences with women coming to me really just like already assuming that their partner isn't willing to hold them. And that can be in sex, but also, you know, so much of the work I do is outside of the bedroom as well, or outside of sexual experiences and just being like, yeah, a lot of women feel that, oh, like I can't bring the fullness of myself or the fullness of my emotions or the fullness of my expression because my man won't be able to hold me or isn't willing to. And I like call bullshit on that. And it sounds like you do as well, because, you know, I, again, I'm around a lot of men in the work that Jacob does and in community. And, you know, there are so many, and I would say majority of men do want to love women so fucking deeply and do want to show up so deeply and serve women so deeply. And I think it's actually a really convenient story for a woman to hold that, oh, he won't, he won't, 
be able to hold me because that then has her not bringing the fullness of herself. And if she holds the story, he will be able to handle me and hold me and, and welcome all. That means she is the only one that's holding her back, right? And that the only thing left to do is to actually be in that expression. And that takes such vulnerability and courage for a woman. So, yeah, I see that pattern playing out a lot. And I actually think it's quite disrespectful to hold our partners or our lovers in that way. And yes, if if we then you know, hold them in that way of like, they can hold me and they will be willing. And then we don't see that. And that's again and again, where they're not willing to hold us. And we have evidence of that. That is when. That's another story. That's right? another story. And that's one thing to have a, a partner who is actually emotionally unavailable or doesn't have the capacity to meet you in that. Yep. Which, yeah. It can very much be the case sometimes, but quite often, yeah, we, we, place this assumption upon our partner or we we mistrust them because of our own traumas mm-hmm. or perhaps we don't feel worthy of being loved and held in that way and mm-hmm. so we subconsciously hold ourselves back because we're like oh fuck like no I couldn't possibly be met by a man like that like what are you talking about mm-hmm. and actually men want to meet us and mm-hmm. to, to lean in and to hold us I feel like that's a beautiful segue into something we were talking about before we pressed record as well. We're having big chats before that. Uh, Cause you were sharing your own experience with that and like the beautiful new devoted relationship you're in and how that was quite an intense experience for you to, 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 to be in relationship or to start relating with a man that so deeply wanted to worship you and be devoted to you. And that felt really, I guess, foreign and unfamiliar to your, to your nervous system. Tell us more. And even if you want to like zoom out and tell us like, cause I fucking love this. I love that. We we're talking about this earlier that your whole identity and like what you thought you wanted from like relationships has totally been blasted yeah. and shifted completely. And maybe you want to like, I'd love for you to, to expand on that and, and talk about like, you know, your, your play and open relating and what you thought you wanted and, and now the devoted relationship and monogamy yeah. that you're oh, that you're choosing. I've gone from like this little free poly butterfly <laughs> to like, oh my god, let me fully devote myself to you. Let's get married and have babies. <laughs> I love it, and I love it so much. <laughs> <laughs> Not that I didn't love you when you were a poly butterfly, but it's so fun to have witnessed, like, yeah, witnessed that that choice and like not a. It's been so beautiful because it it hasn't been like, oh, I'm, I'm looking for this. It was just like, it happened. Mm. And it's like happened to you. You're like, oh, yeah, it like, was intense. It yeah. was really intense because, you know, I had like my relationships over the years have varied a lot from really narcissistic men to, yeah, just, just a lot of shadow, a lot of trauma bonding. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, chasing avoidant breadcrumbs and <laughs> really, yeah, be- being hooked on uh, on on that. Like, how do I put it? Just on the on those cycles of of feeling like, oh my god, does this man want me? Uh-huh. And yeah, particularly like, I spent a lot of last year. I mean, a lot of last year for me was a very deep healing journey after a breakup at the beginning of the year. Mm. And, you know, I really deeply honoured that process for myself. But then when I started to open into love again, 
yeah, I found myself in this interesting dynamic with a man who I like, he had me wrapped around his fucking finger. Mm. I still have a very deep love for that man and always will. He's a very beautiful human being. But yeah, I found myself like, like making myself available to his breadcrumbs Mm. and actually not taking a stand for what I'm actually worthy of and what I deserve and Mm. my, my requirements as a woman. And, and before you go on, like what were you aware of that at the time or did it, was it almost like he just had you so wrapped around his finger that you couldn't even see that you were potentially, you know, pushing down what it was that you really desired? Yeah, I think for a majority of the time it was unconscious, for sure. Mm. And and I really yeah, it, it's it was kind of like after I made the decision to be like actually I need a deeper level of reciprocity mm. and I just don't have the time for this like confusion. Mm. Like that doesn't feel good for me. And mm. and when I let that go, that's when I was just met with a whole different other experience. <laughs> and yeah. A man that didn't want to give you breadcrumbs. He's like, here's the whole fucking cake. Yeah, and I was like, fuck, that's a lot. That's really intense. I think that's too much for me. It freaked me the fuck out. Because mm. the, first, the first really beautiful, intimate experience that I had with my man now mm-hmm. Cracked me the fuck open. Mm-hmm. Cracked me the fuck open. Like I cried so much in this really deep, mm-hmm. heart-opening, orgasmic experience mm-hmm. together, and that's when I realized. And and, and through his uh, the way the way that he could hold me in that experience, I was mm-hmm. like, oh fuck! Like this is a a deeply masculine, devoted, beautiful, open-hearted man who can actually meet me. Mm. And and it freaked me out when he, you know, wanted to continue connecting and I was like, oh, fuck, I actually don't think I'm available for this. This is a lot. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I wasn't in a place within myself to be able to receive that yet. Yeah. And so, yeah, over the course of two or three months, in yeah seeing each other we we actually didn't hang out again for a long time until yeah music festival in in may and that's when you know we spent this week together with a group of friends and i allowed myself to receive him like i gave myself the permission to receive Mm. him and to actually be like why are you resisting this Mm. where is this resistance coming from like what's the worst that could happen here like you know maybe you get your heart broken but Mm. like truly like what are you resisting here like I really had to question that within myself and really consciously relax and Mm -hmm. surrender into his desire for me and and the way that he was really bringing this energy like I want you Mm. let me devote myself to you and and it wasn't coming from a place of like I could feel within him it wasn't coming from a place of insecurity or him needing anything from me it was like this genuine deeply grounded place where he was like wow like I see you almost like claiming what he wanted that's exactly what happened Mm. you see and and he straight up said to me over the course of that weekend he's like 
I want to claim you. <laughs> I was like, well, claim me then. <laughs> word for word. <laughs> Actually, I think it went more along the lines of like, I want to date you. And he was like, yeah, it was fucking such a delicious, hot, spicy, passionate experience. Oh, my God, I love and that. Yeah, from there it has just been this this unraveling inside of myself mm. and realising – what's possible and, mm. and leaning into this deeper safety and this realization of what I really want in love and relationship and life and in sex and in all of it. And so tell me more about that because you like, since I've known you, you've been open relating or haven't had, um, you haven't been in, in a monogamous relationship. So tell me like what that or what you had to move through in yourself to, to choose that mm. there was a lot of fear of commitment there for me mm. that I really needed to question mm. and there were some really big pieces around my childhood and my mm. relationship to my dad and just like the model that my parents gave me around love and relationships and what I believed was safe or even mm. possible for me and I was afraid of feeling uh, trapped or constricted or caged mm. and yeah, like devotion felt overwhelming for me. Mm. It felt like too much for my system. And so, yeah, I, throughout this whole journey with him, both of us have had lots of fears come up, but it's mm. been so beautiful to witness the way that we've both been so fucking willing to lean in yes. and to have deep, uncomfortable conversations and to reveal our hearts to each other and like all of the thoughts and, mm. you know, the weird stories that were running in our heads and being able to bring that to the table and meet Fuck each other yes. with, that with such deep safety and vulnerability and, and love. And that has been so fucking healing for me because I've never had an experience like that before in my life and so I love that yeah that's been really really beautiful and so the first like as we were like falling in love I was really adamant about being like this is a polyamorous relationship I'm not open to being in a monogamous relationship that's never happening (laughs) and what was he like with that he will see he in his previous relationship was, you know, <coughs> for the majority of their relationship, were deeply devoted. And then like, yeah. the last six months were open and he had some, you know, some trauma around that actually. Yeah. And, and so did I actually, I had some trauma around my previous relationships and mm-hmm. as to most people. And so he definitely had some fears around being hurt mm. and yeah, my, my avoidance and my lack of commitment. And so, yeah, for for him, like to feel his willingness to lean into openness mm. was really big for me in being like, oh, actually, I think it is safe for me to lean into the potentiality of being exclusive. Okay. And because you saw his willingness to to meet me, uh, meet you in what you wanted, and yeah, yeah, yeah. and and to, that's to so have beautiful. This level of compromise, and you know, we mm. have so many conversations around this, mm. so many conversations, like a lot of discomfort, sitting in discomfort, but being willing to yeah, really meet each other in that. And yeah, it was through some of those uncomfortable conversations and actually me having an experience in Bali where I was having a good time and Mm. connecting with different people that I realized I was like, oh fuck, like 
I really fucking <coughs> miss my man. And, and I mm. had this moment of realization where I was like, oh, while I was sitting in this, in this solitude with myself, I was like, oh, fuck. I actually really... <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I really fucking love this man. And this relationship is really mm. sacred to me. And I want to devote myself to this man. I love that. I remember when you told me that, I was like, oh my God, yes. <laughs> Are you proud of me? <laughs> no, not that I'm like, I don't want it to think that like, I feel like monogamy is the only way, but I think just seeing, seeing your journey with that and like how, you know, how you thought that was the way you, you wanted to relate for a, a very long time and seeing, yeah, seeing like someone. And I, I really, I, I really think that is, the way sometimes some like when someone steps into our life, we can it can shake up what we think we want and how we think we want that to unfold. And also, like I see a and when you shared this with me, you know, recently, like that it, there is a devotion in that. And like we we talk a lot on the podcast about like service in relating and not necessarily this like tit for tat. You do this for me, I'll do this for you, or this like. Oh, like what is the relationship asking of us? Mm, that and definitely it, felt like a really big piece. In, yes, in, I could in see that, that for came you. From yeah. yeah, because I could feel his resistance to uh, perhaps setting boundaries or asking for what he wanted because he didn't want to put me in a cage or restrict yeah. me because uh-huh. he saw how free and liberated and like a, a poly butterfly, as I put it, I was, mm-hmm. and and he didn't want to impose any restrictions on me but I could also really deeply feel how much safety was being uh how do I put this how this relationship and this dynamic was really calling for a deeper level of safety Mm. and deeper like solid foundation Mm. and I was like oh okay I actually want to go there will you go there with me and of course like when I put that on the table for us to be exclusive that fucking cracked him open yeah in the most beautiful way and I was like oh fuck like isn't it really beautiful to to see and to feel what the connection needs and to be Mm. able to to offer that and to meet him in that that's been a really beautiful journey for the both of us and and where I previously thought that perhaps monogamy or exclusivity would like contract the relationship it's actually really deeply expanded it yeah in in a way that i just is like beyond anything i thought would be possible it's fucking wild (laughs) wild it makes me so giddy i love this for you yeah me too yes And that piece just around like service and devotion and use the word compromise and I, i get where you were coming from and I almost see that as like Jacob and I did a whole episode on like why we don't believe in compromise, mm-hmm. but from more from that place of like, for me, compromise and we were even like looking at the definition and it's almost like where you both give up what you want to meet in the middle. And so it's almost like, nah, like, and the, there was some part of the definition is almost like you're both feeling unsatisfied. That was almost like an, an essence of that where I almost see and this is what I really see in, as devotion in relationship. It's, it's yes, there's almost a letting, letting go of like what you personally desire, but it's becoming so devoted to what the relationship is asking of you, which then, like you said, blows your fucking mind and, and becomes so much better than what you even thought you wanted. And so it's like in service to let go of what you want 
in service to to what the relationship wants because the relationship is here to heal us as individuals and, and evolve us as individuals as well as deepening us into partnership and deepening us in love. And yeah, I just think like, and you spoke about the relationship healing you before and I really, and like bringing all of these pieces and being in conversation with your man and bringing it all. And I, I truly believe that. And this is something we speak about so much here is like, we don't just find the one and it's like, woo, I found you and we can live together happily ever after. It's like, oh no, I, I found you and let's fucking go for it. Like what's here and let's, let's be devoted to, to meeting in that and, and yeah, liberating each other through our love and, and through, yeah, be the willingness to, to meet each other in what's alive. And that can be so fucking scary and so fucking so challenging and so fucking gritty, right? Yeah. But but the willingness is just like so fucking healing. It is. And because, yeah, it really kind of forces you in a way. It kind of <coughs> forces the right word, but it really invites you mm. to look at your shit. Mm-hmm. To look at why, oh, why, why do I have this fear here? Like, what am I actually afraid of? Mm. And to be able to, yes, yeah, sit, sit in that discomfort and be willing to meet each other in that and, and to see like the, the grander vision of what it is that you're creating and be like, okay, what, what is that vision actually asking of me right now? Mm. And how can I, yeah, be of service and in devotion to that vision beyond what my fears might be telling me right now? Beyond yes, yes, what yes. More selfish parts of me might be feeling or anything like that. It's like actually there is so much more aliveness and, and joy when you can move beyond that surface level and into mm. the deeper depths of the real love and the real what's the word I'm looking for? It's it's the fucking juiciness of the love, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm cracked me open so hugely yeah very deeply healing because it's really been stripping away all of these layers of (coughs) what i believed was possible in in love and in relationship Mm. i definitely wasn't given a healthy model of love and relationship from my parents yeah Um, and so to be able to totally rewrite that narrative for Mm -hmm. myself and and for the both of us is so so beautiful Mm mm-hmm and I think just like another piece to that, I think that's such beautiful like evidence that we don't, you know, I'm not a believer that we have to be like fully healed to find our person or to like thrive in a relationship. Like, yes, doing the work and working on yourself is like so powerful, but also like so, and this has been my experience with Jacob so much, like get yourself into a motherfucking relationship and that's the best me- medicine journey ever. Oh yeah. Like, yeah, ayahuasca, all the other things, but like a relationship a deep intimate relationship, like it will bring up all that needs to be brought up for you to be a liberated embodied human. And yeah, if you're consciously meeting that and choosing to be on that medicine journey, it is a, a life altering mm. daily fucking practice. And, and it is a medicine journey. It's like this super highway to your self-actualization as uh-huh. individuals. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that can be really fucking scary sometimes. But I also believe that there's, you know, there's no such thing as being fully healed mm, anyway. And yeah, no such thing as being fully healed. And so mm. when two people can, can meet together and, and be willing and be open and be vulnerable mm. and really anchor into like a, you know, 
learning how to expand your own nervous system capacity to, to hold the fullness of what the relationship is calling for. Yeah. Because often, you know, that's what can really stifle us from having these deeper relationships is because our nervous system's like, oh, fuck, this is too much. Get me yeah. out of here. Or let me anxiously attach to this. Yeah. And this is almost like full circle moment coming back to like where I truly believe as women, the practice of, and men, but women, the practice of self-pleasure is such a beautiful practice mm-hmm. for expanding our nervous system's ability to, to hold our own emotions and our own fullness and being in that own practice and then, you know, bringing the fruits of that into our relationship is so delicious and so beautiful. Mm. It's been really beautiful to really learn and understand, not just intellectually, but on, a, on an embodied level, how pleasure, like connecting to that felt sense of physical sensations of pleasure, literally mm melt away frozen energy inside of your nervous system it, mm. it helps to digest and to integrate and to discharge mm-hmm. energy from trauma from difficult experiences and like overwhelming emotion or energy that's stuck inside of your nervous system it literally helps to melt that away oh my and God, that visual is so beautiful and expand your nervous system capacity so that you can live a life yes. fully alive and present and deeply embodied yes Okay, before I forget, let's talk about sex magic because that's one of your favorite things to to do and practice, but also teach and talk about. So uh, I don't think I've spoken about sex magic on the podcast. So maybe just like tell the people, tell the glorious humans listening what sex magic is, maybe your experiences with it. Take us into maybe like a story of when you've done sex magic. You got the floor. Where to begin? Oh, sex magic is probably the one practice that has radically transformed my relationship to my body, my identity, my mm. power, my embodiment, my connection to the universe on the deepest level more than anything else. Mm-hmm. And so for those who don't know what sex magic is, sex magic is a practice of connecting in with your pleasure it's about moving that pleasure those sensations of pleasure that energy through each of your energy centers through each of your chakras Mm. sublimating that energy refining that energy from your base all the way up to the crown of your head so the energy becomes so much more high vibrational so much more refined Mm. And then sending that energy out into the universe while holding the vision of what it is that you most deeply desire in this world. Mm. And then letting that rain down into your body, letting it really manifest as a real inside of yourself. And so, you know, obviously there's some really deep spiritual elements to sex magic, but even on a neurological level, Mm. sex magic is really powerful for, for opening you into this this felt sense of feeling like what you want is possible Mm. and and this identity, this, this desire that you want to step into and, and claim and manifest is, is actually already real. It's already yours inside Mm. of your body. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's like this, this prayer, this communion with, with the universe. But yeah, again, like on this neurological level, it's like because you're moving that energy through each of your energy centers, you're actually lighting up all parts of your brain mm-hmm. and you are 
in this communication with your deeper unconscious, your more primal limbic parts of your brain that perhaps would ordinarily prevent you from going after what you want because you don't feel safe to have it or because you don't feel yes. worthy of having it, you don't feel deserving of having it. And instead, actually instilling this this deeper understanding this deeper felt sense of like oh what I want can be mine because when you're Mm. in this high vibrational state of pleasure that is a very open space for your body and your mind to instill these new upgraded codes or these (laughs) beliefs or these patterns Uh around what you can have in this life Mm. and so it can shift your entire fucking being yes and so oh it's so so fucking magical and and when you can really be in that that five senses vision of, of mm. okay this is this is what i want this is what i'm here to create this is what i'm here to manifest what does that look like what does that sound like what does that feel like what am i touching around me what can i smell what can i taste in this vision of what i want and and using those five senses, it, it lights up the part of your brain as if it's it's actually happening because mm. your brain doesn't know the difference between like what's real and actually happening versus what you're imagining. And so when you can take yourself into that visualization while mm. you're in this super high vibrational state of your pleasure, then that's like letting these deeper parts of your body and your unconscious know that, oh, like – this is real, this is happening inside of my system mm. and, oh, I'm not dying. I can, I'm actually safe. I can have this you know? because yes. our, our bigger visions can petrify the fuck out of us. Yeah. And so it really lets your body know that, oh, I'm, I'm safe and this actually makes me feel good because you're associating that vision with pleasure. And so yes, it's like yes, training yes. your nervous system to be like, oh, okay, like this vision, going after this vision gives me pleasure. So therefore I want to go after it more. And I want yes. to step into the embodiment of the version of myself who, who has that. And so it can radically alter your life and not just like manifesting something externally but also really like okay what is the vision of yeah who I want to be in this world Mm. how do I want to show up in in love and in relationships and in business and in all of life and how can I fully feel that vision of who that version of me is and then feel that as real right here right now rather than like waiting for it to come as like this faraway fantasy how can I actually fully feel this is real inside of my system right now and actually letting yourself feel that and feel worthy of that and deserving of that yes oh my god that description is like so delicious um I almost love to see sex magic too is like the 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 building of like because our sexual energy is like a life force right so I almost see it's like building and then like shooting our desire off into like life, God, the universe and and the sexual energy being like the fuel, like the yes. rocket fuel behind it. Um, and yeah, I love what you spoke about too around, and th- this is so much a, a part of our training that we've done with, with Layla as well. That's like, as we're on the way to what we want, it's not about, I always talk about, it's not about like kicking the parts of us out or like getting rid of the parts of us that are scared or afraid or think that desire is really scary. It's like actually loving on those parts and creating safety for those parts and building a relationship with those parts, which which for me, you know, there's so many ways to embody this, but self-pleasure and sex magic is just such a beautiful way because there's no bypassing what is there. 
like no bypassing. I often say that about the difference between masturbation and self-pleasure. Masturbation, you can bypass your emotions, you can bypass it all because it's just like, let's just touch my clit and let's just do the thing or grab the vibrator and I don't have to feel what's here. I can just get what it like. I can just, you know, move towards the sensation or the climax. But when we really meet our body with that, like deep curiosity and deep presence, we, we can't bypass shit. <laughs> <laughs> or sex, like partnered sex is the same. If we're just like rubbing bodies together, we don't necessarily, Jacob says it really beautifully. It's like our hearts don't necessarily have to arrive in the space, but when we're consciously making love, like our hearts have to fucking arrive. And that means our emotions have to be welcome. And you know, the different parts of us that are afraid or, and again, this is relevant in sex magic, but also, yeah, like, self-pleasure and you know partnered sex that we have to be open to being with those parts of us that are afraid or those parts of us that become contracted mm-hmm. yeah and and there can be so much power in meeting those those shadows all those afraid parts mm. with love and mm. an open heart and actually yes. embracing them and being like hey i see you mm. and i love you and i know that you're just here to protect me and to yes. keep me safe but actually we are safe and it's okay. And there can be so much power in, in bringing those shadows back into the light, back into the love because then yes. they lose their control over us mm. when we bring them into our hearts. Like we often will try to yeah push them away, like put them behind that locked door away in the back of our psyche. But then when we do that, when we push them away, we avoid them. They just keep knocking on the door even louder and louder until we totally. actually meet with them. And that's why, you know, so many people can spend their entire lives in in numbness, like mm. numbing their emotions, numbing their sensations, avoiding what actually wants to move through them mm. because it's it can be overwhelming when you don't have the capacity to feel it or the the awareness or the, the tools mm. to be able to meet yourself on that level. But the beautiful thing about practices like self-pleasure and sex magic is that it actually gives you the, like the pleasure gives you the safety and the resource to be able to access those parts of yourself in ways yes. that perhaps you otherwise wouldn't. Kind of like how MDMA therapy is really beautiful for mm. allowing you to, to feel this level of safety and empathy for yourself to be able to unlock those deeper traumas mm. that ordinarily perhaps would be too overwhelming same kind of thing with pleasure. It's like it, it gives you this resource, this sense of goodness in your system that allows you to feel whatever's there without it overwhelming you. That's such a beautiful way to put it. Yeah. Okay, I feel like we're going to come to completion soon. Um, I'm trying to. Th- I want to like. I want to like end on like a saucy note. I'm trying to think of a saucy question I can ask you. <laughs> and as I say that, you like stick your finger in your mouth. <laughs> let's do okay let's do that do your sexiest asmr in the are you an asmr kind of i feel like you're more of a visual (laughs) do you have any sexy sounds for the people Mm. Mm. (laughs) i love that Mm. (laughs) (laughs) i'm just gonna make a fool of myself now I love that. We should come back. I'll invite Lola back for a whole sexy sound ASMR journey. I'll get practicing. Yes. Um, okay. What's like a final few questions I want to ask you? 
Mm. Okay, let's. Okay, second final question. Second final question. Second last question. Um, if you could, if you if, for the women listening, so. I want you to, if you could tell them anything, and this can be about sex, self-pleasure for the woman listening that really wants to deepen into, you know, her sexual aliveness, wants to deepen in devotion and partnership, wants to deepen into, you know, more expanded states of pleasure and orgasm. If you could just like offer her one thing, one practice, one, one teaching, one, one Lolaism, what would it be? That's hard. Hmm. There's so much that I could say here. Mm. So much that I could say. <laughs> I feel one thing that, and this is really simple, but it's actually really fucking profound when you can actually lean into this, mm. is the art and the practice of slowing down. Mm. Mm-hmm. Because if you want to access deeper states of pleasure and embodiment and learn to really open to the fullness of of your heart and and your deeper feminine, Mm. that's going to really require you to slow down so that you can be fully present with the sensations, the Mm. feelings, the emotions that want to move through you. Mm. And so slowing down can, you know, look like a variety of things, but even just simply taking the time to like, you know, move your vibrator away for a minute Mm. and just simply connect to your pussy or to your breasts or to your whole body Mm -hmm. where you're really letting yourself just fully slow down, letting go of any goal or expectation, as we said, Mm. and just having this open mind and this curiosity for, what's alive inside of your body so that you can Mm. just simply connect to the felt sense, the physical sensations, the aliveness that's moving through all the time, whether you're aware of it or not. Mm -hmm. And, and just taking that, that time to to practice feeling that aliveness. I feel like that's probably one thing that can really radically shift your entire life. I know at least it has for me. Yeah. And like, I really felt it last night. When mm. in my practice last night, I was mm. I was just telling Meg before we press record about how I uh, this is my I, I had a copper AED inside my womb for mm. a good five years, and this month I, I had it taken out, and that was a really big deal for me. And so this cycle has been yeah my my first time without that IUD inside of me, and I was really curious about how this cycle would unfold for me, and mm. it's been a really long cycle. Last night, or yesterday, it was day 37, which is really long. Mm. And I could really feel the heaviness in my womb. And I had this sense that something wasn't being felt, like there was something underneath the surface that needed to be felt, and that's why she wasn't letting go. That's why Mm. she wasn't releasing. And so I had a little journey with myself, had a little mushroom chocolate and some cannabis, and poured myself a hot bath with some candles and some flowers and Mm. some magnesium salts and I just took that time to slow down Mm. and to drop my awareness down into my womb and as soon as I did that I was like oh fuck 
There is so much sadness here. Mm. There is so much grief here for all of those years that my womb was controlled, for all of those years that my womb was was stifled Mm. and all of those years that she had this foreign object inside of her that was really blocking the flow of her her full creative potential Mm. Mm. in ways that I'm sure would go beyond my current comprehension. Mm. And fuck, that felt so big to just slow down and to feel that and just to cry and to cry and to cry and to massage her and to meet her and to apologize to her and to offer her what she needs and then Mm. to feel this level of freedom on the other side of that. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God, now we're free. (laughs) Oh, my God. And and to feel Mm. like after that it was just like this succession of like, heart cracking open moment after heart cracking open Mm. moment where it was like I felt my womb open then I felt my heart open and it was such a beautiful experience and then after coming out of that bath my bleed arrived and that felt I was like oh my god it's just because I I took that time to slow down and to be with her whereas like Mm. this whole month I'd really been neglecting her and so to take that time to slow down, to connect to that felt sense was really powerful. And then mm. I then went into a self-pleasure practice after that. Mm. And again, really took my time to slow down and just to be with the sensations, not trying to get to orgasm, trying to get to anywhere in particular, or to mm. even like, you know, impose this expectation of any big release or letting go or anything like that. And just simply be with what was there. Yes. And then again, like there was so so much pleasure alive inside of me. There's a lot of tenderness inside of my cervix, but when I could just be with that, Mm. feel it, and then that tenderness slowly melted away into this deeper openness and this deeper pleasure in my cervix that sent me into like this full body orgasm. My whole body was convulsing. Mm. I just burst out into tears and had this huge ginormous release. And Mm. all of that wouldn't have been possible if I didn't have that, practice of of slowing down and simply connecting to the felt sense yes and I love that piece around like taking the expectation away which is spoken a lot about but I also like to look at that in terms of like our relationship with pussy and when we're (laughs) I almost like when we're meeting her from this place like give me like hello I'm here give me an orgasm how how like disrespectful that can be even if we're thinking of like in partnership or in friendships, if we just show up to our friendship or show up to a partner being like, hello, give me that thing I want. Like, no, it's like, this is an intimate relationship we have with our pussy. And it's so honoring. And I, I often like to think of self-pleasure or speak of self-pleasure as like worshiping at the altar of our pussy. And like, yeah, like meeting her with reverence and meeting her with this energy of like, yeah, reverence and honor. And that means not arriving being like, okay, I'm here for the thing. Give it to me. But like, oh, hi, like I'm, I'm meeting you with curiosity and I'm deep, deeply listening, which 99% of the time means slowing the fuck down, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is like, yeah, listening, like meeting or attuning to the pace of pussy, which I truly believe is then like a woman that knows how to attune to the pace of pussy is a woman that knows how to, you know, move through life rooted in her feminine, attuned to, like the pace of pussy is the pace of the feminine, right? It's, it's slow and it's, you know, it's, it cannot be rushed. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. 100%. And that there's such a, a level of safety that we can offer to ourselves when we slow down. Mm. Often 
especially if we've trained our nervous system over the time with lots of quick orgasms, mm. slowing down can really allow us to feel the deeper sensations that are underneath. Mm-hmm. Like going beyond just a clitoral sneeze and into this <laughs> clitoral sneeze. I love yeah, that. And, and into a deeper full body experience of pleasure. Yes. And, and so, yeah, when we, where was I going with this? Yeah. That, that slowing down where on the other hand, if we're going super fast, there, c- there can be like this overstimulation mm. and a, a contraction into our pleasure mm. And, and yeah, like this tension and this tightness <coughs> in our pussy. Yeah. Instead, when we can relax and slow down, that's where our body actually, yeah, opens up into this safety to be able to feel what's really there. Oh my gosh. The difference between contracting into an orgasm. And I know, you know, I speak about this a lot that often sometimes an orgasm can feel almost elusive for us as women. So when we start to feel it, it's almost like, oh my gosh, it's it's here. I can feel it. Oh my God, I got to tighten my body. I got to like, almost like, yeah, force it out or like grip onto it or chase it. And that is such a contractive kind of feeling where the deepest, and I'm, I'm sure you experience this and I know you, you teach this is like, Actually, the deepest states of orgasm happen when we relax into, even as the build happens. And I think this is a patterning that we have in our nervous system that, and again, how we fuck is how we do life. We do this in life as well. It's like, oh, that thing's coming. Oh my gosh, I got to grip onto it. Oh, the man's here. Like when we learn how to like, oh, the build is happening and the pleasure is happening. Can I actually invite myself to relax? And like really consciously relax my pussy and relax, you know, the internal parts of, of my pussy space. And that is just a whole other journey and a whole other experience. Because the, the energy has, the energy and the sensations have nowhere to go if they're, they're stuck inside of a contracted yes. muscle or a contracted space. Uh-huh. And so when, when you relax, it's actually, yeah, opening the energy center there mm-hmm. for that that pleasure and the sensations of turn on to move and so when we can i feel like a big part of that as well is is moving beyond this idea or this definition of orgasm being like this you know build up of energy and then like the contraction climax. and the release yeah. yeah and and beyond this idea that our sensations have to live in these compartmentalized places inside of our body mm. and that actually our whole body is an instrument of pleasure an orchestra of pleasure even. Mm. and that like our body can be this this river if we allow our pleasure to liquefy rather than yeah like solidifying it and contracting it and pushing it out we can oh my god i love that so much melt and relax into it and then that's when it can just flow like this beautiful liquid gold through our body <coughs> your visuals for like pleasure and orgasm are just like so yeah yeah so like there yeah Okay, one final thing because we always talk about it. We Jacob and I always, never intentionally, but we always end up talking about anal on the podcast. <laughs> <And> tr- <laughs> I know you're going to love this. <laughs> and truly, I feeling like we would talk about this today. I can't believe it didn't naturally come up when we both love anal a lot. Um, but and when you look at the stats on like our podcast episodes, the top three episodes all have like they're devoted to anal. So our people love anal too. They love hearing us talk about anal. So So let's talk about anal. Let's talk about anal. Um, Maybe talk, talk us through your love of anal. Why do you love anal? 
talk us through that. Um, and then I want to talk about, because a lot of people, when we do Q&A boxes, there's a lot of women and men that want to experience, you know, the unlock the secrets of anal and, you know, the, the, the pleasure that exists there. Um, so I also want to get into just quickly, um, yeah, tips for exploring, exploring mm. anal pleasure. But tell me, what do you love about anal? Mm. What I love about anal, there are, I'd say two primary things that I love about it the most. Yes, the tell first me. is the, the level of surrender that I experience inside of my body when going into that space. Mm-hmm. Naturally, you need to fully fucking trust your partner or, or yep. yourself to open yourself in that way. Like it is deeply vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And so to, to open into that level of surrender is so blissful. And I feel like it is such a, a coming home to the, the deeper layers of the feminine oh. where you're just so fucking open. Oh yeah. That, that's one of my favorite parts about anal. <laughs> and then I just, I want to jump in here because I often, when I'm busy or when I'm in my head, like maybe, you know, I'm just like in the busyness of life or in business, I know that anal you need is like, anal I, I know I need <laughs> anal. And Jacob will often be like, you know, I need to fuck you in the ass. Yeah. Or like, or I will, like both of us will just know that is, that is what I need because it is such, it takes such an embodied level of surrender. It really requires you to be so present with sensations inside of your body <coughs> yep. and to let go of control. Yes. And so if you are someone who like has this need for control all the time in your life, then yeah, leaning into that space can be, it can be a lot, but it can be so fucking healing and so fucking liberating and so pleasurable. So which pleasurable. Which leads me to the next point of why I love angles so much is because it's so fucking It pleasurable. feels good. <laughs> yeah, there is so many nerve endings in yeah. your anus yep. that have the capacity for, for deep, deep, deep pleasure. Yeah. And for men and women, like yes, women and men. Yep. Yes. And and men actually, I mean, they have more spot, yep. the prostate, mm-hmm. which is capable of, of deep, deep pleasure. And so, yeah, I mean, there's so much stigma and so much taboo around anal. And I think that's probably another thing as to why I love it so much is that it feels kinky and naughty. Dirty. And yeah, know? you do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely like the, the shadows that like to come out to play there. And this, yeah. I think we need to do a whole other ep- I think this needs to be a regular thing you on the podcast, but I want to do like I a whole kink episode or oh, something. Yes. Yeah. Most definitely. So, yeah. So, there's definitely that element as well. So, yeah, <laughs> I. I love the pleasure and the surrender and the openness and Mm. I feel it amplifies the pleasure in other parts of my body as well. Yeah, I feel that. And so I love that. And and the flavor of orgasm that I have with anal sex is an entirely different level as well. And because you are so open and it's like you do have to fully let go of cortical control and it's so primal. Totally. So fucking primal. And so, fuck, like the, the states of orgasm are often so wild and so like cracked open and I can feel the sensations in my body right now. It's yeah. like I get tingles through my whole body and often like the biggest orgasmic cries that I have are from anal sex. Yes. I was not a cervical orgasm. It's an anal orgasm. Well, I, even you, I've never probably thought of this, but for me, 
almost that cracked open feeling I get both from cervical orgasms and anal sex or anal orgasms. Like they're both almost feel like they're, they, they're explosive, not in like a climactic boom, boom, but in a, like, yes. oh, this is so expansive. To- yes, that that cr- that explosive into ex- deeper levels of expansion, and that cracked my heart the fuck open. And I dr- I love the way you brought that into what's actually happening in the brain in those moments. That it is. It's it's we can't. It is a deep invitation out of that frontal lobe, that like thinking mind, that processing mind and, and into, you know, the the animal primal reptilian part of our brain, which is why I love it when I am like really in the thinking mind a lot. It's like, okay, I want to, yeah, like fuck me back into my wild animal. <laughs> That's it. That is it. Oh, yeah. Anal sex for me, like, it's definitely not something that I always loved. It wasn't until I was with a partner who I felt deeply safe with yeah. that I could actually learn to enjoy that. And mm-hmm. even then, like, I often needed his encouragement to let go. Yes. His reassurance that I was safe to let go. Yes. So that I could train my body to feel a deeper pleasure in that state. And so it, it took some time, but with my men now, oh my God, there has been not a single moment of anal sex I haven't enjoyed. <laughs> I there, love there have that. been like some chapters of our sex life so far where we've been having more anal sex than conventional vaginal sex. I go through stages like that too. Yeah. Yeah. And again, it's, I think it's when it's like anal sex is like medicine. It's it like, is. I need this medicine right now. It's it like, like, yeah, that deep. Totally. <laughs> Oh my God. Um, before we close up, let's just talk about, cause I know a lot of women or men listening to this right now would be like, okay, I want to, I want to explore anal sex. And you know, we've spoken about this a lot on the podcast, many, many episodes, but let's talk about it again. You know, there's some things I think are very kind of standard tips for moving towards anal. Like first lube, 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 lube. Lube 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 lube, 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 lube. We were talking about this the other day. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, far out. <laughs> Just making a mess. Oh, wow. Um, but yeah, lube, definitely. And I think the more lube, the better. Just to make that, just to make it well, a more easy. It is not unlike, self-lubricating. And so you need lubrication. Otherwise, it's going to get uncomfortable. You could create micro in the skin, yeah. which creates know opportunity for infection and we don't want that no and so it's also you know it's it's for the pleasure and the sensation but also for for the the sexual health and hygiene as well yes it's really important you have lots of lube yes i think another thing the fear i see i was actually having a conversation with someone about this the other day who wants to start exploring anal but was like i'm so scared of pooing like i'm so scared of pooing on my partner or like there being poo on his cock when he pulls it out And so I think there's a few things like you can literally go and like enema if you want. Like I know people that water enema or like, you know, anally douche beforehand. That's not something I do, but you know, that, that can be something if you, if you really desire to do that. And also it's just like a conversation. That was a big thing for me before Jacob and I started exploring it. I was just like nervous about, oh my God, like what? Like I was scared that that was going to be, 
somehow like repulsive to him or like disgusting to him or and so just like voicing that and he was literally like and I've I've heard and I'd love to hear your experience with this or if you've had you know other men have similar experiences but um I shared that kind of fear with Jacob and he was like literally you could like shit on my cock and I would still like you know I would still love you and it would still like he's like I'm just so excited to be exploring this and he's like just creating that safety of okay what's the kind of what's the fear here and just yeah creating that safety in in with your lover or with your partner to to know that okay it's safe to lean in here and I'm not going to be shamed or you know made fun of if if this this experience happens I've definitely had experiences with men who have been super closed off to anal sex because mm. they genuinely actually do, or that they've had some negative experiences around it where yeah. it's just actually repulsed them. Yeah. Okay. And, and that's fair. Yeah. And you know, that's, that's their journey. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry that you're not enjoying the pleasures of anal. <laughs> Yeah, actually, there's so much potential there, but that's okay. Yeah. That's totally okay. And yeah, but on, on the other side of that, there is so much liberation in being okay with the mess. Oh my gosh, yes. And yeah. being okay with like, yeah, this could potentially get really dirty. Mm-hmm. Can I be okay with that? Can yeah. I even allow myself to get turned on by that? Yeah. And I can't say that I've, I've, I've never had a particularly messy experience. Yeah which is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that often that fear is, is just that it's a fear and we can, we can create this story in our head or this anxiety of like, Oh my God, there's going to be shit everywhere. Yeah. And I think and- if you haven't played in that space before and explored, and I think this is actually where getting your own like anal pleasure tool mm, is really with yourself first. Yeah. So yeah. then there's this safety around like, oh, I play with it and I pull it out and like, oh, oh there's no, nothing there. there's nothing there. Or, yeah, oh, oh this back. time there was a tiny little bit. Okay. Like that's fine. And like really building your own safety. So you know what to expect and you're not just thinking like you're going to pull the tool out or someone's cock out and you're just going to like, yeah. I and also that's okay. If that's your experience, like let it. it yeah. Okay. And, and there's no shame in that. And actually it can be like so hot to be in that primal raw state of like, mm-hmm. yeah, let's get messy. Let's get human. Let's get real. And yeah. I mean, that's what we have showers for. <laughs> and you know, as women, we have been really conditioned to sanitize ourselves, like our blood, mm-hmm. you know, like all of it, like oh, we don't poop or fart or do it. Like, so there is like a real, you know, that that's probably actually, I didn't even realize, but a healing part of leaning into anal for me, it was like, oh, like I can, I can pull out a wand or like pull out his cock and there can be a tiny bit of poop on there and like, <laughs> you know, I'm not a, I'm not disgusting. I can still be a deeply feminine woman. And that's like, you know, that wild primal messy. Yeah. Like that's the feminine. for our wild woman. Totally. Uh huh. hundred percent. And so, yeah, I feel like there's, there's that level of liberation and being okay with it and even being turned on by it. Mm. But also I feel as though, anatomically like I haven't done the research and the science on this I don't quote me on this Mm. but from my own experience I feel as though when you're being penetrated by something Mm. anally it's almost like anything that is there is going to be pushed back (laughs) or like sucked back up in a way I don't know maybe I'm wrong but (laughs) 
I just feel like just the visual of that, like just <laughs> I'm just getting this visual of like poop being there and the cock just like pushing the poop back further up. <laughs> You're welcome. Oh, that's fucking hilarious. Yeah, try it. <laughs> so but truly, I feel like it's it's not something that you need to worry about as much as you think you might. And I, yeah, you, it's it's safe to to lean into the the fear of what if there's that and yeah. and and you're not disgusting or mm. like you don't need to be ashamed of that part of yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, lots of lube, maybe having a conversation about fears that might come up for you. Pace, like when we were talking about slowing down for the pace of pussy, I think anal requires such slowness. And really for me and my experience, I have to be so turned on and my pussy has to be so open and ready. And that's a big part of then, you know, being able to open to anal as well. And for me, it was definitely using like, uh, there was a tool. I don't know if the Yoni Pleasure Palace still has it, but there was a wand called the Black Mamba, and it's like ribbed kind of, and it has. I've got a couple of those. Yeah, I love, I love, I love that one so much, and yeah, like playing with that first, and then you know maybe even a, a butt plug, but yeah, like it can be a journey up to that, or even fing- fingers, like you know, like that can it can be a journey towards you know, actual anal sex and, but, but going slow, lots of lube and then being open to it being messy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think what you said about having a conversation is definitely really important and, and feeling, yeah, that mutual uh, level of, like, okay, yeah, we're going to take this slow and mm. if mess is there. We're going to embrace it. Yeah. And just like really allowing yourself to lean into the rawness of anal mm. sex and the pleasure that comes along with it. Yes. Mm. Oh my God. I fucking adore this conversation so much. Like I really want you back and I think we need to have a conversation about kink and maybe even like a Q and a, Oh my God. I think yum. this is the start of something. I'm so Move over this. Jacob. It's now Here sex, love and everything between with my co-host Lola, Lola Ritchie. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, before we close up, uh, where can the beautiful humans find you and any offerings or anything you want want these people to know about you and your work? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah, come find me on Instagram at the Lola Ritchie. Woo! And I have quite, well, not quite a range. I have a few really delicious offerings. I have Nectar, which mm. is my signature self-pleasure course. It is... 14 days of diving deep into the depths of your feminine body. And it's really like the foundational level course for tuning into your body, expanding your definition of orgasm, expanding mm. your, your pleasure potential, expanding your, your feminine range, your expression, mm. getting in touch with your emotions, different archetypes within you, whether that's a dark feminine or you're a wild woman and really learning how to, yeah, connect to your pleasure in a way that is healing for your system and learning mm. how to release any stuck pain or numbness or tension inside of your body. So mm. that course is really a culmination of 
all of the foundational tools that I've learned within myself that mm. I like feel so fucking honored and privileged to be able to offer to women on this path mm. of sexual and sensual awakening. Mm. And then I also offer a deeper one-on-one coaching. I'm about to launch a mastermind. Yes. Getting a really bunch, a really delicious bunch of powerful women together so we can practice sex magic and manifest the fuck out of our most audacious lives, just dripping in yes. and embodiment and orgasmic opulence. Yum, yum, yum. Mm. And then you do your yoni massage too. Oh, yes, too. yoni massage. Oh, my God. How could I forget? Yes. Yoni massage is really where my work started. Yeah. And mm, if you don't know what yoni massage is, come check out my Instagram. Yeah. Ultimately, it is a, a portal of – it's one of the deepest journeys you will ever go on within yourself. Mm. And it is where I hold this space for you. I, I have my hands on your body to take you to places within yourself that perhaps you – wouldn't have the tools or the capacity to go on in yourself Mm. and also just to have someone hold that space for you so you can fully let go and surrender it's really Mm. deeply healing and so yeah yoni massage is really about deep sexual healing and awakening and liberation and coming home to the deepest depths of your feminine Mm. and coming home to safety inside of your body Yes. Deep, deep safety so that you can feel super connected to your body, connected to your sensations, your emotions, to your aliveness. And mm. it's a deep, like, four-hour, super luxurious experience. I really take take our time to slow down, mm. to feel that safety, to feel that sensual connection, and then taking you on a journey to see what's alive inside of your yoni so that you can fully connect to that deliciousness. Yes, and you do them in person here on the Goalie, Gold Coast. I do, I do amazing i am so fucking grateful this you were the most perfectly delicious first guest here on sex love and everything in between thank you so much i feel like this well i know this will not be the last time you're here we get to have conversations that jacob and i can't have jacob and i have (laughs) epic conversations but the back and forth on sex and self-pleasure is just yeah that was next level so thank you I adore you. I adore you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much, truly. It is such a fucking honor, Mm. such a fucking honor and a privilege to be your first guest on your podcast. Like, wow. This has excited me so much and I've really enjoyed this conversation. So, yes, please have me back. Yes. (laughs) Thank you, Lola. Thank you, everybody. We will see you next week. Big love. Yo, yo, yo. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Sex, Love and Everything in Between. Now, if you'd like to stay connected with Meg and I, you can head on over to Instagram and follow me at the Jacob O'Neill. And where can people find you, lover? At the.meg.o. Uh, amazing. And yeah, guys, check out the show notes for all other information in regards to what we've got coming up. And yeah, we're super, super grateful that you guys have taken the time to listen in to this podcast if you do have any topics or any questions like i said hit us up on instagram and we'll see what we can do apart from that have a beautiful beautiful rest of your day thanks for being here big big love